0: Hey, on my Travel Ones podcast, I'm lucky to have Greg Schwem. How are you today, Greg? I'm
1: great, Peter. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well. Greg is a business humorist. You're literally the first person I've ever heard describe themselves that way. I like that. (laughs) An author. (laughs) There's
1: not a lot of us. There's Uh, not a lot of us out there.
0: But you're an author, you're a stand-up comic. uh, You've opened for acts like Mm -hmm. Celine Dion, Leon Rimes, Pat Benatar. Yep. And you're a music t-shirt fan. I kind of like that. You got your a uh,
1: uh, what? I'm sorry, and uh, a what?
0: A music T-shirt fan, a band T-shirt music fan.
1: Music, t- oh band. Oh, you saw those? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I. The, well, that's. I, I became one when I uh, when I created a uh, a keynote speech that uh, where the theme is rock and roll. So I thought, well, I had to dress the part, which is weird because when you do corporate comedy, you know, when you do corporate events, you always. Know, you know, you need to have, a, it helps to have a sport coat and things like that. So when I was going out there doing uh, shows in concert t-shirts and like black jeans, I felt like I was sort of breaking a rule or something like that. But, uh, but it's been fun.
0: Because I saw the Van Halen and the cheap tricks. I was like, oh, okay. All
1: right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, and well, I've got quite a collection now.
0: Your corporate uh, gigs have, have got you to like companies like McDonald's, Microsoft, General Motors, uh, United Airlines, well, Cisco,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh,
0: those are they're kind of big names.
1: Yeah, yeah. In fact, I just <laughs> did a virtual event for Cisco, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, it's nice. And it's nice when you do companies like that because they have a lot of divisions. And when they have a lot of divisions, that means certain uh, all the different divisions have their own meetings. Yeah. And uh, you can kind of piggyback one off of another. So um, it's, 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 a nice, uh, it's a nice little niche that I got myself into about 20 years ago. And I just stayed with it.
0: What do you think's made you successful as a business humorist? Where others, I mean, you you focused um, on it, and I think others kind of do it to, to fill in the blanks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think what's made me successful. Well, a couple of things. Number one, um, number one, I have a very clean act. I have a very harmless uh, act. Always have. I, I don't. I've never believed in. Um, I, I've always believed that people when they when they see a comedian they, they just want to be entertained. Um, they just want to laugh. They yeah. don't need to be challenged and they don't, the beliefs don't need to be questioned and they don't need to be uh, ridiculed. Um, I could get a, an argument from an awful lot of, uh, comedians who would say, well, <laughs> those are three things you have to be doing. If you want to be in this business, well, that's fine. You can have your, opinion. I have opinion. So, yeah. um, but, I, so that's, that's the first thing. And the second thing is, is I think why I succeeded in this is because I, uh, I take the time to really learn about the organization and customize what I'm going to talk about for them. Because I, I've learned over the years that people really like to laugh at themselves. Um, they might not admit that, but somebody from outside the organization comes in and, and says something about uh, what they do, um, then they they enjoy that. They enjoy laughing at something because they can't do it on a day-to-day basis or they don't feel like they should be doing it.
0: Or if they do, um, they, and, they don't uh, think other people will, will get the joke,
1: right? Or you know, or someone, or their boss isn't going to think it's yeah. funny or something yeah. like that. So, um, and when you know, like I'll give you a great example. I mean, I I'm, I'm coming, uh, um, uh, I'm doing I'm doing a show, a virtual show tomorrow for Merrill Lynch, all right? and um, they sent me some stuff, and they sent me a PowerPoint presentation, and, I, and on every on every uh, uh, slide, they have their the slogan, which is. We're better when we're connected, and I just thought that's kind of that seems like kind of a given <laughs> when you're a financial <laughs> when you're a financial firm, you know, uh, like no one's really looking for a financial advisor. Go, what do you think of this guy? Oh, he's great. I haven't I haven't heard from him in three years. I love yeah. this guy, uh, but, but I think that in, unless it's somebody from outside coming in and saying something like that, they don't quite. They, they would never make that con- that connection. They would, know, you know? Yeah. they would never say, okay, that does sound kind of strange. Even though they probably look at it every day.
0: How, how weird do you, is so, it going to be for you to do the virtual?
1: Uh, weird is a good word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it is weird. It is weird to be telling uh, jokes to your computer screen. With a bunch of little squares
2: um,
1: <laughs> on the side of the screen that represents your audience. I mean, comedians and even you know you you, you you're hearing like the, the comedians that have their own talk shows, like you know Stephen Colbert and so forth. Stephen Colbert just actually said, I, I think on his show, how much he misses. He just said he's going crazy not having a live audience. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's nothing you can do about it. So it's weird, but. I got to tell you, Peter, I find it strangely gratifying in a way. And I'm not sure I can really explain that, but I just, when I'm, when I'm doing it and I, I imagine people sitting at home because that's where they have to be. And if if they're laughing, even if it's just one or two people laughing at what I'm saying, I just imagine them sitting in their home office uh, being entertained for a few minutes. And um, if I can do that, uh, that's uh, that's that's worth all the weirdness.
0: Oh, yeah, and that's that's what you're there for, right? Make people laugh.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you know, when you, when you do what we do, um, and I any kind of entertainment, you you kind of play with the hand you're dealt. Um, I mean, I can when I was doing live shows, I, you know, like I, I will say in my writer, um, I, I don't want to start until all the dishes have been cleared from dinner. I don't want, um, <laughs> you know, I don't want, you know, we used to try how many people think, really? Um, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> if we're not serving them, uh, chicken and steak in the middle of your show, that's, that's an issue. Um, and you know, and most times people oblige, but sometimes people don't. And, um, uh, if they don't, then it is what it is. You yeah. go on and you, you do the best job you can with what's in front of you. And, uh, my job is to make people laugh in whatever environment I'm, uh, Uh, I'm given, or in this case, whatever environment I'm thrust into, uh, that's what I'm going
0: to do. Heckling would be better, though, wouldn't it? Virtual heckling? Yeah, because you could just mute them. You think?
1: Yeah. Yeah, just
0: hit the mute oh, button. You know, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, it, it's weird because when somebody on a virtual call, you know, when somebody talks, their their image pops up like full
0: screen. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, uh, uh, yeah, it is better for me <laughs> because now I got a much better <laughs> to look at them.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> not mean, a dark room. Random
1: voice coming from a dark room. Exactly. Yeah. But I, you know, I will say something. Uh, heckling in a corporate environment is is. <laughs> Pretty rare. I can I can talk about the number of times. I was going to say they better be the boss taking a out. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. People, there is a there is an air of decorum that has to exists when you do corporate events. So um, it's it, it's kind of a, a it's more of a safe audience, you know. Well, Although the the real thing is, is, club comics don't have to work at eight thirty in the morning, which I often have to do.
0: Well, yeah, that's true.
1: You know, I mean, sometimes they'll put me out, you know, they'll put me on and they're like, hey, you know, we're starting at eight and we, we thought we'd get you to kick them off, kick it off and make sure that everybody's awake. in a great mood and so yeah. forth. And uh, yeah, wait. Yeah. So I'm the, I'm, the awake. I'm the Starbucks of their day. <laughs>
0: exactly. I, you, I, I, you, as someone that's gone to many of those, it's appreciated.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And that's why I love what I do, because I know it's appreciated. I mean people, you know, when somebody like me walks on stage at a corporate event, it's it's not expected. And um especially by people who've been going to these uh, these corporate meetings, you know year after year after year. Yeah. it's almost like they uh, they're they're almost a little bit uh, uh, jaded and almost immune to. It's like, okay, We go, and I know what's going to happen. The CEO is going to come out, and he's going to talk, and then the VP of sales is going to come out, and he's going to talk, and they're going to have a bunch of charts and PowerPoints and and things like that. And then we're all going to get into private little groups, and we're going to talk about how we can make this company better. And then there's the motivational speaker, who's going to scream at us for 90 minutes. (laughs) And then, But in the middle of that, I walk out, and they think, oh, now this is something a little bit refreshing.
0: It's, It's a total change of pace. <laughs> yeah. Because you, I mean,
1: yeah, we get
0: uh, imagine the Merrill Lynch conference without you.
1: yeah <laughs> I mean, exactly. c- come That's on. exactly right. Imagine it without me. <laughs> that should be my, you know what? I, that should just be my theme. I think mean, you just wrote my new theme. Imagine your event without me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're done here, Peter. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. And just go ahead and bill me for that.
0: No, no, no. Imagine that,
1: your address without me. That's yeah. a freebie. Maybe I can put me in capital letters. Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs>
0: I like it. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's got a nice ring to it. Prick snappy. It would sit. It would sit on. It would fit on, on a button. <laughs> 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 I could throw out to the audience. You know.
0: I don't know. I don't know if the I don't know if the event planners for those companies would appreciate that, but
1: maybe not. Because they 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 think they
0: they think they did a great job.
1: I know they do. I know they do. They always yeah, event planners always think that if I killed it's because of them.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my sister is an event planner for a corporate company.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's uh, always telling me how I, much so effort and energy. Exactly. Give her my condolences. Give her my condolences, Willy. Wonderful job. It's a great job it, while it's not while the event's not happening. It's a medical it's a
0: device job. company, and I'm like, oh god. Oh wow. What's the
1: name of the
0: company? Uh oh god. You're gonna make me look it up. Oh,
1: that's
0: okay. It's in us okay. They're in Santa Barbara. They they make up a, a robot. That will go out and, um, so like if you're in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and you don't have a a, mm-hmm. a heart surgeon on staff, this robot mm-hmm. will be in the room, and and a heart surgeon in Chicago or L.A. Uh, looks at it and and tells the doctor what what's going on.
1: Oh wow! It's, it's all remote. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very oh, cool. But okay. right? let me uh, now. You yeah. just, yeah. Okay. That one. That one does not sound familiar. Because I've done some. I've done some shows for medical device companies, but uh, uh, um, a virtual robot does not. Uh, that doesn't top up. I think I would remember writing material about that.
0: In touch Health.
1: In touch. In touch Health. I heard. I vaguely heard of the company.
0: Yeah. So. That's. That's
1: another thing about doing what I do. It's very educational. Well, I was going to say. You know, you, you... I mean, I've learned so much about so many different organizations and so many different industries.
0: Well, I think that's honestly only because you do the research I, yes, I've, yes. a lot of people just show up and do their set
1: right you know and you can and the thing that I've always said is that as a, a corporate audience are not stupid I mean they can they can tell in minutes yeah. um, if you're just doing the same canned presentation I, I make it very clear up front I, I insert I mean I don't customize my whole show I can't write you know I can't write 45 minutes about Merrill Lynch. <laughs> uh, and deliver it to them <laughs> not 45 good ones anyway yeah exactly. but i do just enough material and i put up some of the customization very high up in the program so they know so they know that it's not your canned speech yeah exactly. um and um and it's very you know it, it, it's kind of good business practice but it's also very gratifying for me too when i can get them to uh to kind of look up from their phones and say hey this guy uh this, this guy knows about us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I do the same thing. I try and do the same thing with my my, my podcast. You know, and yeah, one of the best right, things I love yeah. about my podcast is I get to talk to people from from all walks of life, and that's right, that's something right. that interests me. So,
1: yeah, but yeah. the fact that you told the fact that you uh said a, mentioned my t shirts uh, it shows that you obviously had gotten on the internet before we started this and read up a little bit about me and looked at some photos and things like that. And then, uh, uh, kudos to you for that. Well, it,
0: and that's why I, maybe that's why I was so excited to talk to you because there's similar similarities. I mean, there are some comics that go up and they do their set and that's what they do. And it doesn't matter if they're in Denver right. or the comedy store or the laugh factory or, or the Cellar mm-hmm. or wherever. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's other comics that right. like yourself that want to do more specific or specialized sets. So
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm constantly tweaking. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that, as I said, I've got kind of a, uh, especially in the corporate world, w- one thing about doing what I do, it is a little bit more difficult to work on new material um, because you don't have, you know, a comedy club is a very, uh, it's kind of a lab for most comedians. And uh, yeah. it's set up to be that way where you just, you know, you have two shows a night or, you know, you, you're doing six shows over the course of, Two days, And and you can tinker and you can tweak a little bit. Um, I have to kind of, I, I can't just go in there and try 10 new minutes at, at a corporate event. Um, I have to very selectively drop in where I'm going to put new ideas.
0: Period. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You don't have a proving ground. Mm-hmm.
1: No, and I don't think I have the attention span either. I think
0: people. <laughs> yeah, uh, true.
1: Well, I, I don't. I don't say that critically. I just no, it, no. more realistically. You know, people in my audiences are are still technically at work. Um, they've got their phones with them. they most of my presentations take place during uh, business hours. Uh, yeah. I'd say between eight and five. I, I don't do many. I don't do many evening shows. Most of my shows are morning, luncheons, late afternoon. And uh, and that's something I have to be aware of is that people still um, are are probably checking their email um, uh, things like that and I, I, it used to bother me and um, I, I just I realize that I can't let it bother me I can't I can't take that as a sign of oh they don't they're not liking me um, because I think they are it's just that we're wired to always be connected.
0: Well, you know, and, and. As someone that's attended several conferences throughout my career, you know, there's times when you just you don't want to be there, <laughs> you know.
1: Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Like, who, who wants this? <laughs> and that's another, another reason. Let's put that slogan in. <laughs> what, what's the slogan again? Oh, imagine your conference without me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? But I'll tell you well. The one thing I draw the line at, and this I will call people out on. I have seen people just come into like the the, the conference room where I'm going to be, come in with a laptop, and literally and open it up and just start working there. And that I um, that I I've actually I've actually called people out on stage, not in a mean spirited way, but just like hey, you know why don't you, you know, why don't you put that down and, and then last for a few minutes. And, and, but what I'm really saying to them is if what's on that laptop is so important and maybe it is, then you shouldn't be here. You know, you should be up in your room. You should be up in your room finishing that project or, or out in the lobby or something, because clearly that's what you need to be doing. And, um, um, I, I have found that, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not background noise, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I yeah. there's no, there's another good slogan <laughs> Greg Swent. I'm, not, I'm, not, just not, noise, I'm uh, not just background noise, I'm uh, not
0: just background noise.
1: know, yeah, exactly. I I've worked really hard on my set, and I, I'm here to entertain you and uh, maybe motivate you. But uh, if you're gonna if you're just gonna come in and and uh, um and whip out your laptop and just start staring at it and typing, then maybe you should go somewhere else. Yeah, well,
0: those are people that probably don't go to comedy clubs in the first place.
1: Yeah, maybe. You maybe. Know. Or just, they're just very, very, or maybe just miss their deadline. <laughs> don't, have, yeah. don't have good time management skills.
0: All the above. Well, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. how many events were you doing yeah. a year?
1: Probably about 50 or so. Um, you know, I've say between 40 and 50. Um, I don't like to... You know, I, I one thing about what I do is obviously it takes a lot of preparation. I use um, I use visuals in my shows. I use PowerPoint. Yeah. Um, I I get on the, a conference call with a client and um, learn about them, and I put a lot of I, I put a lot of time into it. So I can't just sit there and just crank out show after show after show. Um, nor do I want to. Um, so if I could do you know if I could do four four months, uh, which sounds like for people listening to your podcast, like wow. This guy works four hours a month. Where do I get? (laughs) Sign me up for that job. Um, There's more to it than that. Well, yeah, that's. I'd like to make that clear. You know, but I've had friends uh, say that about my podcast. uh, There you go. Right. (laughs) Uh, People don't realize. You know, it's it's really to go back to one of your questions about why did you? How are you able to succeed in this? I mean, I think that in any type of when when they call it show business, there's a big accent on the word business. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, because it is a business and you have to run it like a business. And, um, I, have known so many really, really funny guys and girls over the years where you just, you look at, you listen to their act, you're like, wow, I mean, why aren't they just huge? And I think part of it can be traced to, they have no business sense or yeah. skills whatsoever. Um, you know, they just want to go up there at 9.30 at night, you do 45 minutes, and, that, and that's the whole part of their day. And um, there's so much more to it than that. I and mean, then there's sales, there's marketing, I and mean, you're a sales and marketing guy, and so you know that as well as anybody, but there's you know, there's networking. And um, um, I, I'm fortunate that I kind of have a background. My background's in journalism. So, and as a journalist, you, you learn, there's an awful lot of skills you learn that really have benefited me in the comedy world, like networking with people, um, working the phones, um, doing, doing,
0: doing podcasts.
1: What? Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, selling yourself, yeah. being a little bit pushy and a little bit aggressive when I had to. Um, and, um, and that's, that's what's benefited me over the years.
0: Well, that's, and that's the part, like, I think a lot of people don't see even like up comics. I mean, I couldn't do that job. I, we, we go to the, my mm-hmm. wife and I go to the comedy store when it's open and okay. The, We've seen we've seen a lot of the big, uh, bigger comics, and they'll bring up uh, Judd Apatow shows up and wants to drop in, and he brings up his, his yellow pad and he goes, "Hey, I'm going to try out some new jokes tonight." And we're like, "All right,"
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and oh, yeah. that one sucked. Oh, that one bombed. Oh, oh, maybe yeah. you know. And we um, <laughs> Rob Schneider did that one time, and George Wallace when he was we saw him in Hermosa, and you know, and he brought out his notepad and he's working, but they get done yeah, at the I comics. I don't get I don't
1: get the, I don't get the notepad thing. I've never understood that, and that's a that's a that's a uh, that is a topic that comics will go back and forth about. I don't I don't understand bringing up the that.
0: Well, now they bring, Now they use but, the phone.
1: Yeah, I don't. Understand. <laughs> I guess my my feeling is if you you know you you waited all day to get up here, you should be able to memorize something. You know, you should. Your be five minutes, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, maybe if you're up there doing an hour, if you're trying out new material, you're probably not doing an hour. You're probably doing you know, Judd Apatow probably comes up for 15 minutes or something like that. Um, And uh, my feeling is you you should be able to memorize or have a clue on 15 minutes. And I think a lot of comics think, well, it it looks good. It looks like I'm just ripping off the top of my head here. Um, But certainly, and maybe if you're a George Wallace or a Judd Apatow, you've earned the right to do whatever you want on stage. But like I see new comics that are doing like seven-minute sets and bring their notes up because oh, no, they saw no. George Wallace doing it. I just want to like shake them yeah. and go, no, 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 no. Yeah, you got to, you got to at least look, pre- you got to look prepared before you look cool. We
0: showed up to an amateur night at the laugh factory and, okay. and it was, it was amateur night. So Dom Herrera was yeah. the host and there was like mm-hmm. probably eight unknown comics. And I think there was literally probably 12 people in the crowd. And okay. we were all in the front row. It was like a Wednesday or Tuesday night, and yeah. so you know the tickets are cheap. And we're like, yeah, let's go watch some comedy. We'll get some food while we're there and all that. And all, Dom, Dom goes, "Hey, um, got a friend that showed up. He wants to do some new material. Do you mind? Uh, Rob Schneider's going to do. You know, if you guys don't mind." And we're like, "No." And it was literally to like twelve people, and it mm-hmm. was cool. He was interacting with us, talking to us. He wasn't just doing a set.
1: So that was neat. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great thing about living in LA. You never know when something like that might somebody like that might show up.
0: Well, that's that's always the excitement. That's why we tend to go during the week because mm-hmm. that's that's when guys mm-hmm. want to just sh- pop in. That's why like, Judd Apatow shows up. Yeah, They're like
1: holy shit. And then Jay Leno's been working the comedy and magic club in Hermosa for years. I mean, yeah. he's not a surprise guest anymore. But just the fact that Jay Leno. Did you knew Jay Leno? You could see Jay Leno every Sunday night at a, at a club that sees. I, I've worked at Comedy Magic Hall before, and you know, the sees maybe two two 250 people. Well, he plays like, in the no small way, room too. He, he doesn't used.
0: play in the big room.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. And I mean, that's great. And, the, the, and, and he was working on stuff that you might hear on the Tonight Show two nights later.
0: He's still that doing cool. it. Yeah.
1: I know he does. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, so that's, that, and that's, that's, that is that the, if you're going to live here, it's like not going to the beach if you're going to pay the high rent, you might as well go to the beach. If, right. you know, if, if, if you're going to pay the high <laughs> yeah. rent and, and deal with traffic, you might as well go see some comedy. Well, Bill Burr yeah, shows you know. up or Burt Kreischer. Or, or we're right. going to have a drop in set and like, Oh, okay. Whitney well, Cummings okay. shows up for a nice, you know? Right. Exactly. So. Being gone 50, I know you have two daughters. Your, your mm-hmm. youngest just graduated high school. Congrats. Been there, done that.
1: Yeah, thanks. yeah. You didn't do. You didn't see a virtual graduation, though. No, either. no.
0: <laughs> you,
1: you didn't experience that. <laughs> no. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I, I, I've, I said, I've I, experienced I, I it on every street around my house as I hear people honking as they're driving by to celebrate. Oh, I
1: know, I know the the parades. Yeah, and, yeah. It's uh, it's it's a whole the class of twenty twenty is. I mean, I just I tell my daughter, I go, you know, 30, 40 years from now, you're gonna just randomly tell somebody you were from the class of twenty twenty. And even then you're gonna get looks. You're gonna get that, whoa. You you know, you survived that. Um you know, it's it's like when people say they're you know, I have, I have a friend who was married on 9-11, not that 9-11, but, but a 9/11. 9-11. You know, a 9-11. <laughs> yeah. Still, I mean, you hear that, you're like, yeah. Uh, That's a rough, rough <laughs> anniversary. I yeah, I see the class of, the class of 2020, I, I, I go, you have a badge of honor that you will carry around for the rest of your life.
0: My daughter's boyfriend graduated university of Maryland, and
1: uh-huh.
0: he, did, he did the virtual thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Because he just graduated, yeah. and it's like, ugh.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's just weird and, and sad. Um, it's sad that, you know, they didn't get to do that. I mean, you, you, you think that maybe it's made them, you now all you can do is say to your kids, um, it's made you a stronger person or whatever. All those all those dad things, those things that parents try to say to make their kids feel better, yeah. it probably doesn't work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but, but what else are we going to do? <laughs> hey, I got a
0: question for you since you're a, a dad sure. of, of uh, almost college-age student. Mm-hmm. At least in California, they just canceled the at least the fall semester. So you're going to have to do yeah. virtual virtual college. Mm-hmm. Are you still going to have to pay out of state tuition if your kid goes to? <laughs> well,
1: you know, it is interesting. We're, we're kind of on a whole different uh, playing field here because uh, my daughter is going to school in Virginia. She's on a volleyball scholarship, um, and she's going to marry. and Mary. And, um, you know, the whole, not only did we, you know, not only were we on pins and needles, was there going to be school, but was there going to be sports as well? Yeah. Now William & Mary is going back. The the the, the president of William & Mary was actually on 60 Minutes uh Sunday. And they were talking about, you know, what they were doing. And, um, uh, so, but, but I think my daughter's plan was, you know, everything changes every day, but I think she was she was thinking if they, if they weren't going to go back, if they were going to they were going to do virtual class. Yeah. Um, she was strongly considering taking a gap year because if, even if you do virtual, you're a student, you are enrolled, and that would be a year of athletic eligibility. Yeah, exactly. A sport that a sport that wasn't there.
0: Although I did just talk to uh, Amanda Johansson on my podcast, and she's um,
1: she- yeah volleyball
0: player right? uh or lacrosse lacrosse player lacrosse
1: oh i was not even close okay
0: and, <laughs> and but she went to, so she plays professionally now but she also coaches at Hofstra and she said okay. that, and she told me that the seniors from Hofstra are were giving are given uh, an additional year of eligibility to play because since they missed their senior season
1: yeah they're, they're going to be that, able to come I back if they want discussed to discussed on like an individual basis yeah. you know an individual school basis so uh, yeah, yeah. Hofstra—that's interesting. My uh, my daughter was being recruited by Hostra. We actually went and looked at that school last year.
0: My daughter's friend uh, ended up playing it lacrosse was, there. My daughter's played lacrosse, both of them. And uh... okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But I—I I yeah. interviewed oh, yeah. five Thanks or six them. volleyball players.
1: Ah, okay, yeah. So oh, you were supposed to—you you, were—we uh, well, got off the subject. If I was talking about virtual graduation. Your question was. Started out as somebody who travels with two daughters.
0: Yeah, sorry. Um, that's okay. That's a problem I have when I when I thought talk, start talking to people that are my age and have similar things in common. Right.
2: Right.
0: Um, how was it being gone that much while having daughters that were school age? Yeah. How, how did you yeah, balance it's, that it's, travel? It's,
1: well, it's interesting. I, I, I never felt that I was gone that much, to tell you the truth. I've met people in your business. Uh, yeah. didn't sail a way more than me. Um, I, and, and the great thing about doing what I do is it was usually just out for a night and then back.
0: Hitting um, yeah.
1: and yeah, basically, because again, it goes back to the, the amount of time. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I for an hour. Um, so I would fly out, you know, I would either, if my show was in the evening, I would fly out in the morning, I would do the show. I'd, I'd jump on a flight the next, the next morning and be home. If my show was in the morning or a luncheon I'd fly out the previous evening previous afternoon and then fly home that evening so um, a lot of times I was gone for just a little more than 24 hours and, and the great thing was is, again doing what I do rarely did I work weekends um, again most corporate meetings are in the Tuesday to Thursday realm so um, even when they were growing up I, I could I coached I coached softball and, and I don't feel like I missed out on an awful lot of things Um and certainly, I would have missed out on more if I if I'd stayed with the club route, the comedy club route, oh, where yeah. you're working every Friday night, every Saturday night. You know, when you're gone Tuesday to Sunday doing clubs at the time at the time that I started um, doing comedy, most clubs were open six seven nights a week, and um, I uh, that was another thing I, I that was another reason that kind of turned me off on clubs. I just did not want to be gone that long. I like to travel, but I didn't like being in a town for six days working at a comedy club. Yeah. Um, and not having anything to do. So that was one of the reason why when, when I discovered corporate events and I uh, it just it just
0: It, it fit just your just lifestyle better. for me.
1: It yeah. did. It did. And there's a lot of guys that don't. They love the club scene and they love the late nights and sleeping until two in the afternoon or you know, rolling out of bed and taking a shower. And no, oh, it's showtime at 730, you know, <laughs> that, that was never me.
0: Well, like I, I always thought I traveled a lot. I'm on a road about hundred where I was until this, but about 110 to 120 days a year. And I thought that was mm-hmm. a lot until I started talking. I think
1: that's more than I, I think that's probably more than I do on the road. But then, you know, I mean, again, so, if, if I, if I do 40 days a year, that's probably 80 days on the road.
0: Yeah. But I talk to musicians and I'm like, Oh, 250, 260, 270 days a year on the
1: road. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh that's, uh, that would get to be a ground. And I mean, I love I, I, love what I do, and I love travel, and I love going to new places, and I love exploring them. But uh, it, it, yeah, you, you spend enough time out there, and then it's, uh, it's really hard to say I'm, I'm enjoying this.
0: What's the furthest you've traveled for a gig?
1: Uh, for a comedy gig? Yeah. Um Let's see... Poland,
0: oh, okay. I think,
1: yeah. I, I've I've been to Poland. I've done sh- the the, the, the gigs that I've done out of the uh, country. Uh, well, Hawaii's pretty far, yeah, for <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But out of the country, yeah. I've been i to Paris. Um, I've been to Poznan. I've been to uh, Cusco, Peru, for a show. Yes. Um, so yeah, um, and then those are always, I, I I was in Vienna just this last um, this last fall for a, for a date. So um, it, it, it always is nice to go internationally and just kind of see how your humor works overseas, or how <laughs> yeah. it doesn't work. <laughs> well, I'm amazed <laughs> yeah.
0: people are listening to my show in all these countries. That don't, I'm like, why are you listening? Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I'm not going to ask questions. Thank yeah, yeah. You for, Thank you for your support.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of weird, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I I don't know. Do you, do you alter your comedy for that? Like if you go to
1: Poland for international audiences. Yeah. Um, well, yes and no. I, I found that obviously, uh, European audiences for sure are, are, now some of, I will say, let me say some of the, those international baseball were, were for American companies like the one in Peru. That was an incentive trip. So their top salesmen got oh. to fly over to Peru and climb, climb Machu Picchu. Um, but it, you know, but when I was on stage with them, they were all from America, so that doesn't really count. But like the uh, uh, this one I did in Poland, uh, they were mostly it was for Microsoft, all right. But the audience was primarily Poles, Germans, and Brits, and I, I found that they they told me they told me ahead of time. They said if they're not laughing, it doesn't mean they don't like you, which <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> actually. And I thought, wow, you talking about low expectations. I, I can only go up. I can only go up after hearing that. And uh, you know, so every time I was and I actually got some really strong laughs. I mean I, I, I saw their point. There were there were jokes that missed their mark. Um but I got some really good laughs. And I mean, I came off stage and they looked at me like I was a god. <laughs> so I like, wow, they, they responded. That was, uh, we, we, we weren't expecting that. Um, I found that um, using visuals helps in those and talking slower. Sure. Um, I mean, all these meetings were conducted in English, but English is still the audience's second language. And um, you have to be, they're, they're kind of translating as they, they're listening to you so um i and, and there's certain things they don't do like one thing i found out is like like when i was in vienna um and i'd been warned ahead of time but some of the speakers that came out were not warned about this about you don't come out and go hey how's everybody doing yeah. i can't hear you how's everybody you know <laughs> they hate that yeah <laughs> that's, that's like a given. Uh, over when you do when you do shows in America, so how's everybody doing? Oh, you can do better than that. Uh, European audiences like uh,
0: no, I can't.
1: Move on, yeah, move on. We're 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 doing fine, and you don't really need to know that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, little tricks like that.
0: How, what? How? How has technology helped your business? I know it's kind of a loaded I question. I,
1: well, I couldn't do what I do. I well, you, you do did like, it twenty well, years ago. yeah. But I, but, but still, you still had the internet twenty years ago. I mean, it wasn't as sophisticated. But I, I could never have gotten into this unless I was able to get online and learn about the company. I just, I, I wouldn't be able to. You know, you, yeah, I can get on a conference call with you, and I can ask you what you do, but. I need to. I need to have a lot more information than just you saying. Well, we sell, you know, high density voltage detectors for yeah. the, the space shuttle or whatever I do not know that exists. But You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, mean, I, I and, and the internet. The, the internet. When you get on a company's website, you immediately learn how to talk the talk. And when you can talk like they do, whether it's by uh, looking at their message boards or their help desk their online help desks or just the descriptions of what they do or the products that they manufacture, it just sounds funny. It sounds funny. And um to be able to just spit that right back at them um is I get more laughs based on that than anything that I could get on a on a conference call. Because you know, I, I think when I got when I got a conference call with the companies, they'll say, Well let's let me make let me try and make this simple for you. Well, I don't really want you to make it. Yeah,
2: no. <laughs>
1: I want you to make it as complex as you can because that's what's funny. And I've always said one of my favorite audiences, one of my favorite audiences to work for is engineers. I-, I love engineers. I just love listening to the way they talk because it is just so garbled and full of techno babble. And um, <laughs> and the great thing about engineers is they know it. They know it. Yeah, and yeah. They can laugh at it. You know, they're, they're very good at, you know, cause I, I'll say engineers and people would say, Oh, God, how could, I know an engineer. He's the most boring guy I've ever met. You know, how could he possibly say that's a great artist? Well, for the reasons I just said, they know that they act like that and that they talk like that. And when you can speak their language and kind of remind them of that, <laughs> they, they eat it up. They eat it up. So, um, that's why I said I, I, once I found the internet and was able to, and I remember the first, Show that I really used imagery for. I remember this. This I, I will actually tell you. There was actually a specific joke. Do you remember? Do you remember Jesse the Body Ventura? Oh yeah. He became the the governor of Minnesota out yeah. of yeah. out of the blue. You know. Okay. So I was doing a show right after he became governor. It wasn't in Minnesota. It was in Maryland. It was for a company that made. Uh, it was a, a company that was working on. Uh, the the genome the you know mapping the mapping wow. genes the human genome the genomics project so very very high end technical stuff but i i actually had come across on the web like some graphics that showed how you like split a genome and uh, you know i i said and i i screenshotted them and i put them together and i said you know, so it starts with this and it starts with this and then it ends, it goes to this, 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 and this. And I said, then as long as it's done correctly, you get this. And I put up a picture of Jesse yes, Ventura. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and,
1: and the audience just went nuts. And I thought, <laughs> I got, I'm onto something here. I, and that's when I said, I got, I got to use visuals. I got to, as much as I can use visuals in my show because. Um, I just sort of hit on something like people in these environments they they like they like to not only hear about what they do but they like to see it in a funny way. Well,
0: and that I think you're right. I mean, I think that's where the internet and having access to images and that type of thing, and and then just being able to put a, a PowerPoint presentation together on your own.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And uh, and a lot of times, you know, I'll 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 get the presentation done and I'll send it to the client. That's one of the things I do is I will send the presentation to the client. Oh, a lot nice. of speakers don't do that. A lot of them just say it is, you know, uh, it, Oh, I want you to be surprised, but because I do what I do and I do comedy and I know that uh, a client can be nervous, especially in this day and age and they want to, so that's kind of my way of a making them feel like they're involved, but B making them comfortable. Yeah. And I always said, I said, I don't want you to rewrite this. I don't want you to look at it and say, well, we don't understand slide seven. Nobody laughed at that. And, and I always say, you know, I'll, just trust, me, you know, trust. Yeah. Me. But a lot of times, I and I'll say ahead of time, I will send them, and I'll just say, half of these slides you are going to look at, it and you're going to say, what does this have to do with us? And where's he going with this? And um, and I will say, just it'll all make sense when I do it.
0: Yeah. It's so set, I'm just part of the throwing setup. it
1: out there ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. But please don't, you know. And and then I I kind of like that because that then they get a little bit. Intrigued, and they're like, "Okay, well, if he says so, I guess we'll... I guess we'll shut up." <laughs> so did like
0: you have here. to? Did you have to explain that to the, uh, the engineers with the, uh, the Jesse the body of Ventura slide? <laughs> no, that was pretty. Uh, no, <laughs> no.
1: I, what? They, the... they figured it out. They figured it out in rehearsal that <laughs> that's where I was going with that.
0: There's <laughs> a picture of Jesse the body <laughs> Ventura. Yeah, that was that was no big deal.
1: But I've i said uh, you know like I, I will sometimes like I'm doing. Like one of my jokes, one of my visual jokes right now is I'll, I'll like whoever hired me, um, I'll get a, I'll get a screen grab of, of the person who hired me, and I'll say you know like oh god you know this quarantine has really affected people, it's affected everybody, not just mentally but physically. Um, like I go like here's a picture of you know here's a picture of Peter, yeah. you know Peter, who whoever today, um, it, it was a day, but we also have a picture of him pre quarantine you know, like it was taken in January and I'll throw up like a, I'll throw up a shot of like Brad Pitt yeah, or something yeah. like that and just go, whoa, what happened? Um, and, you know, again, it's not personal at all and it, it's personalized yeah. and nobody laughs harder than the guy who uh, whose picture it was because now he's a part of the show.
0: Yeah, and that, they'll remember that actually.
1: Exactly. They yeah. will remember that yeah. and uh, that's, that's what I like. That's what I, I want people to leave my, leave my show Remembering and just saying that was that was good. We needed that.
0: Yep. So, how do people get in
1: touch with you? <laughs> well, believe it or not, it is the again. I couldn't do what I do without the internet. Yeah. So, uh, my website is Greg gregschwem g r e g s c h w e m dot com, and that's where you can see all my business, you know, my corporate videos and all the live stuff that I've done. And uh, gee, I don't even know if you have any chance to to plug my side project um, where I, i I've got a side project called the comedian crash issue pad, uh, dot com, which is uh, <laughs> like that. A, a bit on hiatus. It's on hiatus a little bit right now because we haven't been able to travel. But Can't travel. I, um, uh, I, I started a, um, a web TV series where I, uh, while I'm on the road doing gigs, I stay at home share properties. Um, I find interesting, unique home share properties in the towns that I'm performing in. And, um, I will stay there for a night and then film the experience. I will film my interactions with the host and and I, I look I seek out very kinda quirky, offbeat properties or interesting people who own them. I mean I I've stayed in a treehouse. I've stayed, again, this is the night before I've done a show. Uh, (laughs) I I usually don't tell the client. I just stay in the treehouse. I stay in the hotel the night before I do the show. But but maybe two nights before the show, I stay in the treehouse. I've stayed in an RV and airstreams and uh, a yacht in Fort Lauderdale and um, with all sorts of farm animals you can name. And, And I've loved every one of them. And I've loved the people that I've met, and uh, um, uh, and I, I can't wait to get out there and start uh, um, start staying in places.
0: I, I only have so, one negative so experience.
1: Well, I, in the home share thing.
0: Yeah, I did. I did the uh, Airbnb, and yeah. I was in Central California, and it was more of a ranch, and they had llamas and and all that, and they were super friendly, and the, the grandpa mm-hmm. of the house. You know, I'm like, yeah, I got to get up. I have an appointment at nine, you know, so I'm going to get up around eight. And they're like, oh, great. Yeah, no, no. Well, I go back, I go to my room and I get an email saying, hey, I, I, we can't meet at nine. Can we meet at 11? And I'm like, so I, I email her back. Yeah, no problem. You know, so I'm, I'm like, cool. I get to sleep in. It's like 8.15. The old man comes to the door. He's like, hey, I didn't want you to miss your appointment at nine. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Like, um, what? <laughs> I, I kind of forgot where I was at. And he's, I'm like, he said, like, You had an appointment at night. He you said, You're waking up at eight. It's like 8.15. And I'm like, Oh, um, I got I got an email. It got pushed back. So I'm just going to sleep in a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, let us know. We'll make you breakfast and all that. I'm like, Oh, my God. Just, just, you know.
1: okay. I would not call that a negative experience. You know, I would call that a very caring, attentive host. You know, a negative experience is a llama broke into your room. Well, now see,
0: I would, see, I would look that, just the opposite. That'd be cool. That, that'd be,
1: that'd be five stars. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you're your commuting with nature. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've had, I've experienced this slightly worse than a guy waking me up a couple hours ago. But, but you know, the place, I shot about 35 episodes in 35 different places in three foreign countries. And, um, I, uh, um, I I can count on the you know on one hand the number of that I would consider to be a negative yeah. experience. Although I'm pretty tall, I'm I'm also pretty tolerant too, um, and that comes from that comes from years working comedy clubs and staying in places that you wouldn't put your dog.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it's all relative, right? Yeah. Because there's some hotels. My wife's like, you stayed there? And I'm like, oh, compared to the place I was up at over there.
1: Right, right. (laughs) This place was a gem. (laughs) Exactly. I know as we get older, our kids get a little more with time. But I'm still fine with just a pillow and any place. It doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm more into uh, as long as I feel like it's clean. It doesn't have to be clean, but I want it to feel like it's clean.
1: And that's a huge thing now. That is going to be a huge. That's going to be what everybody is looking out for as we try and claw our way out of this crisis. I think is um, you know is the place clean? Are you sure? Um, how do I know? And I don't I think, think we've seen the really, end of
0: all the all the bankruptcies and all that. I mean, we're we're starting to hear about yeah, J. Crew no. and Pier One and.
1: Oh yeah. I mean all not just retail, but I Hertz. Mean, Hertz. How did Hertz file? How did Hertz file although the fact that they're too expensive? How did Hertz file for bankruptcy?
0: With a billion with a billion they were dollars in cash.
1: One. What's
0: that? They had a billion dollars in cash and they filed bankruptcy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean I don't, Hertz Hurt's you know Hertz got all the great spots at the airport.
0: I don't I don't think that the, the COVID put him out of business. I think it was the nail in the coffin.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean,
0: because I know Pier maybe. One wasn't doing well before, and a lot of retail places, because that's kind of my industry. Mm-hmm. They were not doing yeah. well. Like, I have stores that that are going to go out of business because of it, but they weren't doing well before. So,
1: right, exactly, exactly. But I, I've never heard
0: that Hertz was on thin ice. It's a, it's all
1: so,
0: it's all relative. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't know, you know, Sears, Casey, Penny. You
1: know, on, on that note. Yeah. On that note, and you asked about it. I mean, if I can give myself just a little bit of a plug here, I, I do think that my business will, once we start traveling again, um, and even even in the virtual space that I've been doing, I think people want to laugh more than ever now. Absolutely. I have found that I have done I have done very well when we've had I mean crisis situations. I mean, I did well after nine eleven. I did. Well enough after the market meltdown of 0809 of the crash, um, I think people they they do turn to humor uh, to get them through tough times,
2: totally and right. um,
1: that's uh, that's what I'm here for. That's that's what I'm here for, and uh, I, I look forward to getting back out there, and I look forward to making uh, anybody laugh, whether you're a business or whether you're a comedy club or a cruise ship or, or whatever. All those places I've worked, and I can't wait to get back out there and. Uh, Doing
0: it again. Well, and just to kind of follow up with, with how to contact. I mean, you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, you're on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. Instagram, yeah. and then you have your YouTube mm-hmm. page, which is very cool. So, yeah.
1: And I'll put
0: all, right. all the links yeah. On, on. Yeah, the,
1: I'm, on I'm, I'm very social. I would say most of where I mostly live is YouTube and LinkedIn. LinkedIn would be just because of what I do, um, because I am more business focused. Um, yeah. You're gonna, I, I tend to troll LinkedIn a lot more. Um, plus, it's just nice. It, it remains pretty much the only social network out there uh where people are angry at one another all the time
2: yeah totally I, I, agree.
1: I applaud them for that i applaud them for that for somehow keeping that off you just you don't go on linkedin to bitch about stuff <laughs> and uh i'm amazed i mean every now and then every now and then you get that but usually if you do you, you get called out really quickly yeah so, and, and like go go over to twitter <laughs> yes <yeah, see,
0: laughs> i'm the same way like i I only post stuff on Twitter now. I don't. I try not to read Twitter because, yeah, get you yeah. into a dark k hole real quick.
1: It really does. It really does. So I mean, we are in a dark enough place right now without all of that. So uh, yeah, YouTube and, and, and LinkedIn is kind of where I where I live and where I enjoy living.
0: Well, I appreciate the time that you've given, and hopefully, if you ever get out to LA and you have more than you know a, a day trip.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I that was, I was supposed to be there in May. I was supposed to be doing a show up in uh, up in the Burbank area, private date for a power company uh, like the Southern California public power association or something like that. Uh, what I was supposed to do. And they, they COVID took that COVID took that one too. Um, so I don't know if they're going to reschedule. Hopefully they will. And um, I always love every, every chance I get out to Southern California, whether it's, um, whether it's LA or San Diego, I, I love the trips I take out there. I always enjoy the audiences. Wow, I can't wait to
0: get back I got a question for you. I just thought of it mm-hmm. when you said that. Like, if you were to come to Burbank, do you ever go to the comedy store? Do you ever go watch other comics, or are you just like, no?
1: Um, you know, I actually did do a set at Slappers uh, in Burbank. Okay, uh, yeah. not too about a year ago. But the only reason I did it is because I was I was um, uh, I I was trying to get in with a, a booker, and they said we we. We don't need corporate footage. I need to see some current cloc I just don't really do comedy clubs anymore. So I went to Flappers and I did like an eight minute set just to have it, just to record it. So but no, I I don't really hang out in comedy clubs. I I I was really never a comedy club hangout guy. I mean when I was doing clubs and you know, if there was somebody really big performer that I thought you know, I heard really good things about I might pop in. But um, I, I I've never that's I, I, just never been me. I've never been a guy. I, when I was when I first started out in Florida, in West Palm Beach, Florida, there was a great club that opened up called the Comedy Corner, and that was about five minutes from my apartment. That I did hang out at. That's what got me in stand-up, is going there every night, and the the comics became my friends. Yeah, and um, I, you know that was different though. That was when I was 22, and uh, now I just I just don't. Um, um, and it's not that I don't want to. It's just that it's not
0: like. No, I was just curious. I mean you know, I've talked to some actors that don't and, and musicians that don't like listening to music or whatever, because they just can't turn it off.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's t- right. And I find that I find even being around a lot of comedians sometimes, like I went to a, uh, my best friend in New York, a comedian, he's, he's having a birthday party. I flew to New York just for it. It was at a, it was at a pool hall. because was like big hobby. He plays pool, So he had it at his pool hall and I got in the West village and, um, uh, it, it was all comedians, and I I, I had to leave after <laughs> after about an hour because you know I, I'd forgotten that you know when you get a bunch of comedians around they're all trying out material
2: yeah you always. know they're all
1: and I and I, and at, the next day I said to my buddy I go were we like that twenty years ago I go, we probably were yep. I probably was you know so I can't fault them but at the same time it's just like enough enough can't we just play pool you know. <laughs> We're just here to play pool. Can't we just do that? Do we have to always be trying our next big bit out and and making it sound like we're not trying it out? Because it's really easy to tell. My wife knows that I'm trying material on her. See, that's that's what (laughs) I was interested (laughs) in. Yeah, yeah. She
0: always knows. I think that's interesting, that... that, Mm -hmm. Just to hear... You know, I guess that's... But that's why you probably like your corporate gig, too, because it gets you into different fields without... Necessary. Happening.
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I'm not competing. I'm not competing. You know, I, I don't. I'm not the. I'm not the the, the fifth of nine guys on the bill. Right. It's just me. It's it's just me. And um and it, maybe that sounds selfish, but so what? Um, oh, no. I like yeah. being just. I, yeah, I'm entitled to say that. Yeah, okay. um, and it, I just like being the the speaker as opposed to yeah the fourth guy was kind of funny. Um, or and not having to look at the person before me going, Oh, it's his material. You know, he's killing, he's, he's, he's killing the crowd or he just did a joke that I kind of do a joke like that. And now should I do that joke? Or do I have to reference him before that? Um, you know, those, those are just not things I'd have to worry about. And I, I, I like that. I, we have, we have, enough, problems. <laughs> we have enough, things, enough issues we have to deal with. We're not having to worry about what was said before. us, right. Before we walked on stage.
0: Totally agree, <laughs> yeah. it, it, and I've, yeah. seen, I've seen that a lot at at the local places because they're like, "Oh, great! I get a follow, oh, yeah. I get a follow, follow a drop in by Judd Apatow. Ah, great!"
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, I feel bad for future people like that. You know, you're all set. And then uh, uh, um, you know, I, there's a comedian. Unfortunately, he just passed away. named Vic Henley, very funny guy, Southern guy, lived in New York. It was great. That was a great hook right there. He lived in New York City, but he was from Alabama. And, uh, he told a great story about years ago, he had all set to go to Catch a Rising Star on the Upper West Side, and Roseanne Barr walks in at the height of her powers, right. at the height of her fame, and does like, and, and she goes on right before him and really doesn't have much to say. She's just kind of riffing. yeah. Um, and does about 40 minutes and then gets off, and he said he, he goes up and, and, uh, um, the audience he said were still like looking behind them because she'd exited like into the, from the showroom into like the bar. They and everybody to see what... was looking at the bar yeah. and he's doing joke and joke and joke and doesn't work. And finally said something like, well, hey, you know, I may not have my own TV show, but I ain't, at least I ain't no fat bitch. And <laughs> said, the audience cracked up and the loudest laugh came from her.
0: From her there, yeah.
1: <laughs> in the other room. And he said after that, he couldn't, he, he could do no wrong.
0: You know, he got, he got him but, back.
1: Uh, yeah. He got him back. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was like, wow, what a what a nightmare <laughs> have to follow that. Like the guy that had to follow the Beatles. In the Ed Sullivan, remember there's like <laughs> an old story about the yeah. like some guy that had to follow, had to follow the Beatles. It's like really <laughs> and the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah.
0: Anybody but them. Yeah. <laughs> At that, that time
1: frame. Right. <laughs>
0: Well, hey, but I appreciate the time, and I don't want to eat up too much more of your of your clock.
1: Oh no, I been talk all day. But thank you very much. This is fun. That's what I love about podcasts. You know, you just never know where they're going to go, and uh, um, it's, it's always fun to talk to people about, like yourself, about a variety of different subjects. And uh, um, I, I enjoy every one that I do. It's
0: like I said. It's been one of, the... and to be honest with you, every, A lot of my friends were like, "Hey, you know, are, are your bosses upset or you know concerned?" I'm like, well, they shouldn't be. I had my best year ever last year in sales. Yeah, right,
1: right. As long right as long as you do what you know. It's funny because I used to be. I told you I came from Florida, and I was a, I was a television news reporter. I was a I was on TV as a broadcast journalist, and um, uh, the the first guy I had two news directors, and the first guy was okay with it. Um, we, we kind of agreed. We had some rules, you know, like, yeah. just don't be a jerk up there and don't be, you know, real foul mouth. You are sort, even though, you know, you still are sort of representing the TV station. Sure. Now, the second, then he, he left and the second guy came in and he, he actually said to me, he goes, if, if I was here before you, you would not be doing that. Wow. He, he goes, but you were here first. So it was kind of the same thing. But I thought it was interesting that he admitted that. Um, he wasn't, he, he was, it was clearly, he was his way of saying, I'm not comfortable with your side. Yet. Um, and, um, you know, we, we still got along very well, but it just was, uh, you know, it
0: was, it was different. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it, it, especially with today's times and with, the, with the technology we have, it's easier to have a side job or a side hustle or a side hobby. I mean, I could be fishing. Yeah. I could be yeah. learning how to team rope or ride horses or doing whatever. Right. I, right. just choose exactly. to, I just choose to talk to people from exactly. around the country and, and have fun with them.
1: The yeah. Yeah. And like you said, the technology makes that
0: possible. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, I try and explain to my kids, you know, use technology. And like, I was just having the, the talk, like you were talking about LinkedIn. And I just had that talk with both my daughters and then my, my, my daughter's boyfriend who just graduated. I so said, get on LinkedIn. I go, it's not Facebook. It's not mm-hmm. Snapchat. It's not TikTok. Yeah it's mm-hmm. it's business mm-hmm. people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it is when you, yeah, it's TikTok when you're 13. Yeah. yeah not when she, once you're, once you're growing up and you're in the corporate world, that's what I told my daughter too. And I said, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get a job. on I mean, People are on Facebook. I go, no one, no one in the corporate world cares what, well, they might care what your Facebook profile is because they want yeah. to see what you're posting, you know, but for the most part, I go, if you want to get hired, you're not going to get hired on Instagram.
0: Correct. And that's, it's, that that's the the admin of technology is, you would have never even twenty years ago said, oh, you, you're going to have a, a, a basically a free radio program that's going to reach eighty plus countries and tens of mm-hmm. thousands of listeners right. out of your out of your house. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. yeah. Right. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? you,
0: yeah. don't, you don't have Does to get a degree from broadcasting school, and you know you don't have to right.
1: exactly.
0: It's it's crazy. You know, yeah. hey, okay. Joe Rogan just signed. Do you hear about his new contract? 100 million dollars, yeah. 100 million dollar Spotify yep. deal,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And all he needs is a microphone,
2: yeah.
0: He's got a little the more net, <laughs> that's true, yeah. Maybe
1: yeah. two microphones, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, hey, like I said, if you ever get a, get a chance and you have some time, you know. Sh-
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I'd love to meet up with him in person. That'd yeah, all these podcasts I do, man. It's like, oh, what do these people look like? I actually finally FaceTimed with a guy that I did a podcast with who was on a boat in Australia. Uh, so we just did audio, we podcast, but then um, he wanted to have some follow ups, and I'm like, why are we? You know, I go, like, you what on a boat, you know? Let me see the boat. <laughs> <laughs> so so well, I was FaceTiming him from my patio last night. So I, he, I saw he saw my patio, and I saw his boat.
0: <laughs> I, I, I had have, I have one guess. I want to. I, I, with the, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to get on his boat. He's got like a seventy-foot yacht, uh-huh. and, and uh, it, the, the yacht has a rock wall built into the side of it. So when you stop ah. you, and you fall off the rock, while you fall in the ocean.
1: There you go. Oh, that right. was one of my pad crash episodes. I stayed on a seventy-foot and seventy-foot yacht in uh, Fort Lauderdale. So. It was it was a it was a hoot. It was owned by a uh, a a married married gay couple yeah. and they were just the nicest guys and um uh we just we you know and that was another reason that I picked them was it was just more than staying on a seventy foot yacht. Sure, yeah. that's nice. But we talked about we talked about gay marriage and, and uh um you know the kind of people that they uh Wanted to have as guests and the kind of people they didn't want to have as guests, sure. and it, was, it became a very interesting conversation and, and got very much more in depth <laughs> than I thought I thought it would, and that was wonderful.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, so,
0: that's how I feel about my podcast. That
1: that's the kind of stuff that I that's kind of stuff that I seek out on um, on the episodes that I do more than just you know I, I, I want you to I want you to be more than just somebody who rents out your home. Um, I want you to have a good story to tell too.
0: The Comedian Crashes Your Pad is the place to check out.
1: Dot com. Dot yes. com. Yes.
0: And I'll put all the links on my website, too. So
1: Please. I appreciate that.
0: All right, buddy. Hey, I appreciate the time.
1: Uh, At- Peter, thank you so much. Let's get out there and start traveling again. Start selling Western wear. Start telling jokes. Let's do it all. Okay?
0: Let's get it done.
1: All right, man. Th- all right. Take care.
0: Thanks, Greg. Bye-bye. All right, we'll see
1: you.